Hello, my dear listeners, and welcome to this week's Catamania episode. I got a chance to sit down and chat with beautiful Jacinta Rajayevsky, who is a Sydney-based nutritionist, who I got connected to pretty much the second I decided that I really, really need to bring on a nutritionist on my podcast. I have shared with you my personal experience with diet and nutrition on here before, but you know what's worked for me may not work for you. So Jacinta and I chatted about all things, you know, nutrition, diet, health, intuitive eating. And we also chatted about Jacinta's story because she kind of had a course correction. She wasn't always working in this field. And it's inspiring to see somebody pursue something that they've wanted to pursue when they already were doing something else. So I think I think you'll find, you know, the first part of the podcast quite inspiring especially if you are considering a course correction in life and then you know for the rest of the episode it's all things nutrition and dieting so if you enjoy this episode and you like this podcast feel free to give it thumbs up or five stars whatever platform it is that you're listening to this on and of course remember to come say hi to me on instagram with my handle being christina cataman c-r-i-s-t-i-n-a-c-a-t-a-m-a-n stay blessed And we are live. Welcome to Catamania, Jacinta. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. It's it's so nice to connect with you. And you are in Sydney. You were telling me I how am. long of a date is there. Yes, yes, I was. We entered the conversation saying good morning, but it's actually good evening for you. But um, it is 10 a.m. in Sydney with a beautiful blue sky, and it's amazing weather today. And you guys are heading into your winter? We right? are, or- yes. Yeah. Yes. That always Australia that. to me is like a whole other world, you know? I'm like everything is up, upside down there. It is <laughs> or right we, side up, depends on how you look at it. I'm going to go with right side up. Um <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is very different and um and it's 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 funny when you connect with people like yourself on a different side of the world and talk about the whole different even climate. The climate's very different down here, but it's beautiful. We're lucky, and especially in Sydney, it's nice and warm even in winter. Mm-hmm. And you were born and raised there? No, so I'm actually from Melbourne. So I moved up here a year ago. Oh, okay, um, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, and I've lived overseas as well, but um, I went back home, lived in Melbourne for a while when I did my degree. And then I decided to come up to Sydney because the health and wellness industry is quite big here. Um, and the lifestyle is very much tailored towards, you know, healthy lifestyle, you know, the beach outdoors compared to Melbourne it's very nightlife so yeah I wanted the uh the difference and the change nice is it easier also because it's a big city like is there a lot well I guess Melbourne is also a big city though but is there like a lot more stuff happening in Sydney uh I would say yes Sydney is a lot bigger Sydney it's it's got their own little cities in Sydney if that makes any sense whereas Melbourne's just Melbourne so it's city's very diverse. You go from one, you know, a beach town to then into the city. Then you go to like a beautiful, um, you know, an old town that's got beautiful like heritage buildings. So it's just very unique, I feel. So, yeah, it's, um, but Sydney is a lot bigger. But I do feel because the climate is hotter and warmer, people are outdoors and it's health and lifestyle focused. So that's, that's what I've noticed. I want to settle somewhere 
mm-hmm. where that is the case. I've come to realize that cold weather is definitely not for me. Like 11 years in Canada yes. and living the <laughs> typical corporate uh, lifestyle of like getting mm-hmm. up in the, I'm not saying that it's bad. Like I was blessed to have that, you know, we had mm-hmm. like the quintessential suburban North American lifestyle that I like would see on TV growing up and be like, wow, like I would love, I would love to have that in my life. <laughs> and yes. I would, but you know, you, you, it's cold. It gets to like mm-hmm. minus 20, minus 30 in the winter. You get in the car, you drive mm-hmm. to work and then you get back in your car, you drive home and you spend almost no time outside. Yes, How exactly. much does being outside affect your health? From in the a sun. nutritionist point of view? From a nutritionist point of view. Yeah, from a nutritionist point of view, obviously vitamin D from the sun. You know, um, sun exposure without protection for 15 minutes a day is so valuable and it's a really great way to top up your vitamin D levels naturally um, rather than eating vitamin D. Um, so it's, it's really, really important. And I find mood based, even as a knock on effect, I feel in Sydney, you know, and you go to those countries where people are indoors a lot more in Sydney, people are a lot happier. And even just having the sun outside, you just feel like you want to go out there. And yeah, it's just, um, it's all about just getting into the sun as well, as well as being outdoors and the oxygen as well. At the end of the day, when think about that, especially it's so green where I live. And I just feel like you just vibe off those plants. And even in my house, I've got so many plants that are thriving. Um, and I just feel, yeah, a little bit a bit more oxygenated as such. <laughs> that makes sense. I have to ask you this. So my mm-hmm. husband, um, he has a lot of family in Sydney. And he, oh, okay. for a while, was like, we have to move there. Like, trust me, you would love it. Mm-hmm. And then whenever, I've had this conversation with Olivia, I feel like, yes, I don't know many times. And then he would always show me these videos of like, you know, 16 deadliest things that exist in the world. And they would all be in Australia and specifically in Sydney. Uh-huh. So you're saying you live somewhere green. Are there a lot of spiders, poisonous spiders that wander into your home? There is. Um, and I'm a very big, and this is the one reason I re- really want to move to Sydney as well. I've got windows everywhere and I never close them. So even to my partner's dismay, we have a lot of cockroaches and spiders. And especially outside my window right now, I'm looking at beautiful green trees, but they also carry lots of spiders. So it's just something you come across um, and just deal with it when you get to it. But um, yeah, that's the beauty of being in Sydney. You don't have to close your windows really ever. It's great. <laughs> so don't Except, for the, Except, Except for, the for the spiders. Except for the spiders. Do you know what, though? It's actually really funny you say that. So when I moved here, I moved in with another woman as well. And, um, you know, I was single girl with my girl dog as well, feeling that feminine energy moving to Sydney, being independent. And within the first month, we had three huge huntsman spiders. And my housemate, she's lived here for five, six years, and she was like, I've never come across them until I moved in. But then I we did some research and apparently, and they were big, so they were females because the females eat the men. Anyways, um, it was just really funny that we found out that the, yeah, they when you see a female huntsman, it's about feminine energy and about positive, like bringing on, you know, new things into your life. It was so funny. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with that because, and now I, whenever I see huntsmen, I'm like, yes, 
okay. It's good energy. It's good energy. <laughs> That's hilarious. I wonder if it's like, you know, Australians. I mean, I, w- I would just believe in that too, to be honest yeah. with you. But I'm wondering if like, you know how like you always wonder like, where do superstitions come from? Like who was uh-huh. the first person who thought that this, this is what this would mean, you know? So I'm wondering yeah. if it's like, Australians were just trying to put a positive spin on the whole spider situation. They were like, hey, absolutely. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, that's so hilarious. It's because it's unavoidable here. So don't yeah. worry. If you do move down here, we'll just have to go and do, we'll take you to like the reptile farms and those sort of places and get you used to reptiles and spiders. <laughs> I, I've heard that you just have to get used to it. There's no other way around mm-hmm. it because you will inevitably see them. And it's funny because so, one of my husband's cousins came to visit us in Canada uh-huh. and she was like, it is so much worse here. You guys have bears. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how's that worse? <laughs> a bear's not going to crawl into your shoe. You don't have to like shake your shoe to make sure that there's no bear. In it. Yeah. Well, that's true. But to be honest, it's not that bad, but yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm around a lot of trees, a lot of nature and I've yeah, touch wood. Haven't come across anything in my shoe as yet. <laughs> So how did you decide, um, I love how we're transitioning from spiders, poisonous spiders to uh, how you decided to embark on the journey of becoming a nutritionist? I actually, it was later in life. Um, so I actually did my nutritional medicine degree. It looks like this is vodka, by the way, this isn't vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is the evening, um, but no, I, yeah, so exactly. Um, so I, yes. Did my degree at 30, so it was a later transition for myself. And it was a progression as well because I, like yourself, I actually have an Eastern European background and I very much grew up around food being the center of our universe. And, you know, it's what brings families together and people together and it's nourishment. And I was taught that from a very young age. and I've always loved to cook and, you know, um, it's been ingrained in me. However, what's I, your background? Um, so my dad's Polish and Ukrainian. Oh yeah, so you yeah. guys would yeah for sure you would have all the yes. all the food, all the alcohol, all the yeah 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 absolutely. And it just and like my grandma, um, you know, when I she would wait for me to get every Sunday we'd see them, and she'd wait for me to cook, and like I just I just appreciated the value of food, and I took that through my whole life, and no matter what job I had. I still focused, like, you know, I was in fashion for a a long time. And when I had showings with my clients, I'd focus on making a platter of beautiful food for them while we were talking, you know, business. And I just made sense. And so I got to 30 and I was like, I need to do this. So did a degree. So it was, it was very challenging. I'd never studied science before and it was a huge transition, but I've never looked back and I loved it. So you, I find it so amazing when people, you know, just a little bit later in life, I mean, 30 is still young, but still you have, Mm -hmm. by the time you're 30, you have a lot of responsibilities and it's not a situation of like, well, I'm just going to go and, you know, see what happens. It's Mm -hmm. a conscious decision that you have to make. And I find it so amazing when people are like, you know what, I'm just going to do it because I feel like that's my calling and, and, Mm -hmm. and that's it. How was that transition for you? before we dive a little bit deeper into the actual nutrition mm-hmm. from, you know, being a fully grown adult who uh-huh. works and earns a living. And what was the moment when you realized that that's it, I have to, I have to fully go into nutrition and how, 
how did you deal with the fear? Did you have any fear of like kind of dropping what you have currently going on and going on mm-hmm. to the new career journey? Absolutely. There was a lot of fear. I was lucky enough to be in a situation where I could start this career and pull back on work. So mm-hmm. it was timing as well. Um, and I'm a big believer, obviously everything happens at the right time. And so I just had to take that opportunity. I, when it comes to fear, I feel like I will just do it anyway. Um, even like the move up here was a very, okay. I came to Sydney on a holiday, decided that this is where I wanted to be packed up for my life within three weeks and was up here. So I don't, sometimes I don't, I think things through, but I'm just, I'm just going to try it. And I think that's really important as well. I do that with a lot of things in life. Um, so transition wise, it was difficult because obviously your income had to be pulled back. However, it was really funny because I, I did learn a lot about myself that even while I was studying this degree, which was, you know, full-time hours, a lot of, you know, it basically takes over your life, but still, I still wanted to work and have an income. So then I ended up even getting a job in the industry. So I was like building on my um, experience as well while I was doing my degree. So I, um, yeah, I feel like it just, I think that thirst for knowledge as well. I think that's what pushes you as well. So once you get to that stage in your life where you want to know more and you want to learn more about you and, you know, humankind, I think that's what it was, thirst for knowledge. I was like, I've got to do this. So, yeah, so it was a big transition, especially coming, I was in the fashion industry. So it was from fashion to being a nutritionist. It's completely different. Yeah, but you just knew you had to do it. Yeah, it definitely was my calling and it it so many people, it's just natural. People have said to me, I don't know why you didn't do it sooner, but you know what? All that experience I had leading up to where I am now, I wouldn't change a thing. Like I've had a very full life. I've just turned 36 last week and I feel like I've had a very full life up until now, but I wouldn't change any of it. And I, I don't regret anything. They're all learning lessons. So, and even, you know, I could have done my degree earlier, but it was the right time. All those experiences made you into who you are today, right? Absolutely. And I find like at some point you come across a situation Mm -hmm. and you look back and you're like, whoa, had I not done this thing for, Mm -hmm. you know, X amount of years, I wouldn't have known how to do this. Like I, when I worked, you know, in audit and accounting, I used to present to um, a lot of, you know, lawyers on accounting, which Mm -hmm. seems like what? but it was public speaking. So I was developing my public speaking skills and I also was developing my English skills because English is not my first language and being in like the legal profession, you had to learn, you know, difficult words and all of that kind of stuff. Right. So there was a couple of times like now that I'm doing a lot of like social media work and being more in the public eye that it hit me like recently, I was like, wait, all of that was leading, like seems to be completely unrelated, but it was Mm -hmm. leading up in a way to what I have today and what I am today. So that's awesome. And happy belated Absolutely. birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's so true though. Cause even when I did, when I was in the degree and doing the degree and studying, there were a lot of younger, um, students. However, you know, the scariest part for them was transitioning into the workforce with that knowledge. Whereas for me, it was, I already had that. So I was really grateful that it was that moment that I was doing the degree because I had all that experience. Exactly. Like you said, you don't realize it at the time, but it's leading you to your path. Yeah, totally. 
<laughs> I know that you mentioned when you and I chatted earlier uh, that I think you were a vegetarian or, or vegan before. Is that correct? Yeah, vegetarian. I was vegan for, sure. for quite a long time as well. Yes. And so for what I like to call plant-based as well. Let's dive into that. What are your thoughts yeah. on veganism, vegetarianism, plant-based diet? So, I mean, it's a, it's a big topic, especially now. I love the fact that we're eating less animal products for the planet and for animals. So I feel like in general, that's a, that's a whole nother topic. However, um, when it comes to specific dietary patterns, sometimes, and even now myself, I'd still consider myself plant-based, even though, you know, I just listen to my body with what I need. Um, so I feel like when it comes to a diet as such, I think sometimes we pigeonhole ourselves as well. And it be, that's when it becomes restrictive and you feel that you have to conform to that diet as such. Um, so that's one thing I wanted to touch on. But when it comes to eating vegetarian or vegan or, you know, you've chosen to go down a certain path, I think it's just you need to be informed and you need to really understand food to make sure that you're not missing out on anything, any nutrients, etc. so you don't go down that path where you could be unwell. So it's just very important to educate. And yeah. talk to somebody about it. <laughs> Do you think, um, I mean, I know that there's a conversation. I actually am not very well educated on it, but there's the whole mm -hmm. argument that veganism and vegetarianism is actually not really doing mm -hmm. as much good as we think it is. What are your thoughts on that? For our bodies or? For the planet. And that's a very hot topic. It, it is yeah. a very, and, and do you know what? I just, this is one thing that there's no right or wrong. And the, at the end of the day as well, we're all doing our part that we think is right. So I think if what I'm doing, I think is good for the planet. Fantastic. If what you do is good for the planet, I think we'd all just have to have your own morals and stick by them and just know if that makes any sense. So that's a very, it is a very big topic, but at the end of the day, everything's damaging. You know, we're, we're living in a world where like, you know, I could be, uh, a vegan who doesn't try to pollute the earth, etc. but I still drive a car. So it's, it is, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a slippery slope when you talk about that sort of, that side of things, isn't it? Totally. I have a few friends and I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm going to have somebody on my podcast eventually who's going to say, mm -hmm. um, you know, that carnivore diet is like the best for the planet because there's that view as well. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's so interesting, but that's why we have these conversations. That's why Absolutely. that's why I started a podcast. I'm like, I'm, I'm welcoming all the opinions. Like I'm curious to learn about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the funny thing that you said, like, uh, about just humans in general, like, you know, having some part of good or bad for the planet. I had a friend mm -hmm. who I was like, just talking about, um, this whole subject, I was talking to him and he was saying, well, anywhere humans have been, they've done damage. And I'm like, well, what's your solution? Just like, not have humans. Like, yes. I don't think that's a solution. So yeah, it's, it's really funny. Um, so regarding vegetarianism and veganism, um, uh -huh. why do you think people have gotten misinformed if they have gotten misinformed? So I I'll tell you my story sure. of how I became a vegetarian and then 
maybe, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of dive into it a little bit more from that perspective. So I obviously, like many other people, watched a documentary about how mm-hmm. bad the meat industry is. And I was like, that is, this is it. Like where I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. Plus to add to that, I went back home. So I'm from mm-hmm. Moldova. I'm also from Eastern Europe. And mm-hmm. it felt like for two weeks that I was there, all I ate was like meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes. Yeah. I'm sure it's very similar <laughs> for you growing up. Mm-hmm or it was very similar for you growing up. So I don't know, I came back to Canada and I was like, uh, just that's it. So I became a vegetarian, mm-hmm. not really knowing what that entails per se. Sure. I was watching very carefully what I ate. I went, you know, almost fully plant-based, plant-based. And then I started to see a naturopathic doctor who was sort mm-hmm. of supporting me on the whole journey. I was getting injections of B12 vitamins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there was like an adrenal shot. They called it adrenal shot. That was supposed to be like a cocktail of different, um, nutrients and things that your body needed that you wouldn't get from meat that they Mm -hmm. recommended for for vegetarians. Mm -hmm. So I was a vegetarian for three years. And by the end of the three years, I was like, my body is messed up. Like not as messed up as, you know, not to exaggerate things, but it was pretty bad. Like I had some hormonal imbalance. I had, um, you know, my skin didn't look very good. I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna try to eat meat again because obviously this, this isn't really working. Mm-hmm. What felt like the second, I'm sure it was in the second, it was probably, you know, that first couple of weeks that I started eating meat again and specifically red meat, everything went back to normal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I have some friends who are like, well, I just decided to go vegetarian and I ate vegetarian for a couple of weeks and I feel so much better. And I'm like, how do you educate yourself in this environment when you're like, you know, one person does this and then one person does that. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's, do you know what, at the end of the day, and this is, I'm a huge advocate for intuitive eating and listening to your body and what's going to work for you is going to not, you know, might not work for myself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously your body was needing those nutrients because it wasn't absorbing you know, the B12 from what you were eating, etc., um, And maybe your, your body in general just doesn't produce like for B12, you need your gut health, right? So maybe there was something going on with your gut health that you weren't even able to, you know, activate B12 in your body anyway. So it, it's not always even where I'm going with this. It's not always even down to the specifically the diet, but there's also a lot of other things going on as well. Um, so, but I do think listening to your body, like for instance, you know, when some people have more digestive enzymes in their body for red meat digestion, whereas I feel when I used to eat red meat, it was heavy and it didn't agree with me. And so, but then, and I'll eat so many legumes now, legumes like beans and lentils, and I can eat them great digestion, but then another person will eat them and then they can't digest Interesting. them well. I can't yeah. digest them well at all. Interesting. Yeah. So, and that's got to do with your whole digestive tract, essentially from the minute you eat, even when the minute you smell your food, your saliva starts and that starts breaking down carbohydrates and sugars. And then you get to your stomach and that's the acid. And so every part of your digest, uh, digestive tract has a different function for digesting foods and different types of foods. So, um, and everyone's different. Again, this is the thing. Everybody's different. So, um, you know, you might be able to digest, you know, um, animal products and those, those sort of fatty, um, meats, 
because of your DNA as well, you know, because you are Eastern European and that's kind of what your family has done beforehand, you know. So it's, it's, it really comes down to the individual. We all have to just listen to the way that we feel as well. So, um, but it's, it's so much more than what we're eating. It's what's actually happening in our bodies. Mm, very interesting. I, I find, so my father-in-law, he doesn't have any background in nutrition or medicine whatsoever. He smokes cigarettes. Mm-hmm. He's like very, very like typical Eastern European Serbian man, but he mm-hmm. always, whenever we talk about nutrition, he always sits there and he's like, listen, all you have to do is eat like your great grandparents and then you'll be fine. So he kind of has a way. I agree. I I literally take my hat off to him. Don't love the smoking part. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's true. It's and this is the thing, like my grandparents lived granted one passed away from cancer, but my my grandpa lived a long, healthy life eating just food. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's what they knew Mm -hmm. they their bodies knew how to digest it. It's what they were brought up on. It was clean. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, I just feel like your body will tell you. Even in saying that, the earth tells us. So, like, even we're now moving into winter. So mm-hmm. what's in abundance right now are all starchy carbohydrate vegetables, um, all the fruits that are high in vitamin C because it's going to help our immunity going into winter. So even the earth tells us as well what when, what we need to eat when we need to eat it. It's so fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to me that like in Canada in the middle of winter we can get strawberries. I'm like, I don't know if that's necessarily good right now, you know? <laughs> yeah, it just it really depends. Obviously, if they're imported, not so great because there'll be lots yeah. of herbs and um, herbs, pesticides, etc., on them. But it is, it's, yeah. it's the earth thing. You need vitamin C right now. Yeah, interesting. Do you have anything that you could say confidently is like commonly considered to be a healthy thing, but it actually isn't a healthy thing at all. Like, are there any foods like that? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm up against this daily as well. So, and even to the fact where my partner, you know, basic eats is English guy. So same thing. He just basically eats a lot of packaged food, whatever's easy. And when we go shopping and I'll be like, you know, grab some snacks, what you want. And he'll go for like the muesli bars or, you know, the, the juices, et cetera. And we look at them. It's, it's things like that are in packets. I think that's the one thing that are labeled healthy. Just read what's in the packets, just read what's in your food. And then you'll be, you'll feel more confident if it's healthy or not. I think that's the key. Um, so yeah, for example, muesli bars, nut bars, they're often high in sugars, when you look at ingredients lists, the ingredients are listed in quantity. So if sugar is one of the first ingredients, you know that it's extremely high in sugar. So mm-hmm. it's really just about reading it. Always choose, if you see a nut bar, say it's got three ingredients, amazing. You know, if it's got five ingredients and one of them's got a number in it, it's a chemical air on the side of portion there. So, or like something that you can't even pronounce, right? Sometimes exactly. I look if and I'm like, I've never heard that word before. Exactly. If you can't understand that word, you don't know what it is, do not put that in your body, honestly. Um, it's just not, it's a no-go. And even the, the biggest one I would actually, now I'm thinking about it, is juice. When it comes to juices that you buy in the supermarket, they're so high in sugar and people consume them 
a lot during the day and they think it's part of a healthy diet. Um, granted, it's a lot more expensive to buy like cold pressed juices, etc. but there's a lot more um, vitamin and mineral content in them. So they're for an, an, an instance. Are there any foods that you, um, Christina, that you can think of that, you know, you would consider healthy, but you, you're not so sure that I can even debunk for you? I think you debunked one that I have kind of, I guess, been paying more and more attention to and have realized that it's it's not healthy. So protein bars was a yes. big one for me, yeah. uh, which is kind of, I guess, like muesli bars is similar mm-hmm. to what you were saying. But um, protein bars that are advertised as, you know, have a protein bar after your workout, which is like mm-hmm. inherently you think of it like, oh, this is a healthy thing. This is what I'm supposed to eat after my workout. Mm-hmm. And then my husband and I were pretty um, big health nuts. So same thing, like we started to flip them over and look at all the ingredients. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys have that in Australia, but we have like a like a chart in Canada. Aside from the ingredients list, there's like a chart okay. with nutritional facts. And oh, okay. under there, they give you the percentages or the grams of certain um things that it contains so like how many carbohydrates how many Mm -hmm. how much salt how much sugar and some Mm -hmm. of these bars would have like 15 grams of sugar a tiny little bar Uh i'm like let's look at how much 15 grams of sugar is like if you were to put 15 grams in like a cup it's just it's insane so that's that's a a big one yeah so if you think about it for teaspoons so a teaspoon is normally about four grams of sugar so imagine, so you're saying 15, so that's about, what, four, five, yeah, you know, teaspoons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about, a, mm-hmm. what about protein powder? What are your thoughts on protein powder? So I'm a big fan because I feel like a lot of clients I see and, and people I speak to daily, we don't get enough protein and fiber is another big one as well, but protein is imperative because it is the basis of every single cell in your body. You, if you don't have proteins, even your DNA is proteins. So we need to have, you need to, there's nine that you have to eat that are essential. Your body makes the rest of the 20. However, those nine we do need to get from foods. So, um, and it is one of those places that we do lack. And obviously it is something, this is controversial, that vegans and vegetarians don't get enough. Again, that's education, nuts, seeds, tofu, even green vegetables are really high in protein as well. Um, however, protein powders are just an easy way to keep on top of it. However, it's just like you said there. So I'm a big fan of protein bars because I live a crazily busy life as well. Um, I'm on the road nine to five every day and, you know, I do have certain protein bars that I choose, but again, it's because I do read the ingredients and, um, and you can taste the difference, can't you, where the ones got the artificial sweeteners and if you get one, again, that's got limited ingredients, it's a key. You can even make your own. They're actually quite easy to make as well, like in protein balls as well. Um, so there are options in that sense. But um, so when it comes to protein powders, again, simplify. Go for protein powders that have minimal ingredients. You can go, if you're okay with whey, whey is still good. Um, I'm a big fan of either like a fava bean, a pea-based um, protein powder for vegans and vegetarians because they're not only high in protein, but they've also then got your essential fatty acids. 
Um, you've got a little bit of carbohydrates and fiber actually in that protein as well. So mm. it's, it's almost like it's not an excuse to not eat enough protein, but it's just that bump up if you're not getting enough. I think it's just, it's still vital to do it in that sense mm. and have protein powder. You were talking about, do you share any recipes like on your socials at all? You were talking about protein, uh, protein bars. I have previously. Um, okay. I am getting back onto that because I'm actually speaking to a protein company that I, I really appreciate. And they've, um, they've put together a plant-based protein that even has digestive enzymes in there to help with people who, you know, can't stomach proteins because obviously you want to digest it well to absorb it in your body. So um, I'm going to start doing more um, recipes. I was going to say, again. because the one time that I tried, granted it was only one time, mm-hmm. but the one time that I tried to make protein bars at home, it became like a blob of protein in the oven. So it did not work well. So if Got you have some recipes, I'd be curious to try. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's more, I would even say go for like sort of the raw, keeping things raw is is perfect as well because it's in a, their raw state and it's a lot easier to um to yeah to sort of set especially if you put mm. them in the fridge but sometimes they need to stay cold mm. but no yeah. i can definitely share some recipes with you because it's, it's fun too at the end of the day you know making it you get to eat while you're doing it and it's a bit of a activity as well yeah please do what are your thoughts on uh seed oils and the mm-hmm. latest I guess, um, I don't want to call it narrative, but the latest, mm-hmm. I mean, I myself have, have been following it, but that seed oils are causing the cause of inflammation and not, you know, red meat as it traditionally had been thought. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Oh, again, another tricky subject. I'm a big fan of plant oils. Um, look, I, I guess it's kind of like even something like olive oil. We look at the Mediterranean diet, you know, the, the instances of cancers, you know, their long, their life longevity, um, you know, and that's olive oil, but beautiful, fresh olive oil and not cooking with it. So keeping it in its natural state as well. So, um, I, to be fair, I'm still a big believer in plant oils for omegas because, you know, they've got those omega healthy fatty acids, that component, again, every single cell has fatty acids as its membrane. So we need to keep that healthy. So we need healthy fats in our diet. So, um, yeah, I, I've heard a lot about this as well. So a few people have actually, funny enough, I think someone was talking to me about this last night, actually. Um, so I have heard this. However, I'm still a big fan until there's like real evidence to say that it is bad. Um, I'm a big fan of, you know, flaxseed oil, olive oil, um, what else do I use? Like macadamia, avocado oil. I know that's not a seed, but yeah. But so I think those ones are okay. I think specifically they talk about canola. Um, oh, what's that other right. one? Grapeseed yeah. might be the one. Mm-hmm. Um, also, but canola, uh, mm-hmm. sunflower oil, they say is really bad, like seed oh. oils. But they're saying that coconut, olive, and like avocado. Mm-hmm. Um, Still okay? And... Yeah, that those ones are okay. Look, at the end of the day, they're still saturated fat. So canola, sunflower, they're all saturated. So they're higher in saturated than your omegas. So yes, okay, mm-hmm. now now we're talking about those ones in particular. Even I'm not the biggest fan of coconut oil, to be honest, because it's still quite high in saturated fats. I know there was a huge fad there for a long time that everyone was 
adding coconut oil to everything. And even when you cook with it, it turns into a solid hard fat. So, um, and that is saturated. So I am not the biggest fan of that. So mm. yeah, I do, I do kind of agree in that sense because they are more higher in saturated fat. So I do understand that thinking. Yeah. I mm-hmm. thought you were more talking even about the omegas. I was like, no, olive oil and everything is fantastic. No, olive oil is fantastic. And I, I, I can feel it in my body. So we even cook on mm-hmm. olive oil, but we discovered this trick, my husband and I, um, that if you cook on extra virgin olive oil, it's not like it's not as good and it tastes too strong. But if you get just the regular, like the last press of it, because you're not you're not doing it for flavor, you're doing it for for the cooking, right? For uh-huh. to, to oil the pan and stuff like that. And it doesn't taste like olive oil, and it cooks fabulously. Everything that we right. cook. So yeah, I need to we've try been, that myself. Yeah, just like the regular, and nobody buys it because they they think that well, mm-hmm. you have to have extra virgin olive oil, and it's like, no, yeah. you don't. You just you know cook on the non extra virgin one, and then extra virgin you can add to like salads and stuff like that. Absolutely, and if you are looking for the taste, which I love as well, I'm exactly the same. So I actually cook a lot of my foods with even like steam, like I steam fry my vegetables, and when I so when I cook, I don't use a lot of olive oil. I normally put it on at the end because that's where you, obviously mm. that's the flavor. So and it's still it hasn't been heated as well, so it's always that thing that I drizzle on with the dressing. So that's yeah my little trick, but that's a good trick. I'm going to try that myself. Yeah, and. Because we're talking about seed oils, I feel like mm-hmm. we naturally, I have to ask you what your thoughts are on dieting and mm-hmm. cleansing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why that I'm, I'm linking that to oils, but just because I guess yeah. <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, if I'm cleansing, I'm not going to, oils mm-hmm. don't go with cleansing. So sure, sure. what are your thoughts on, on cleanses? What are some of some good cleanses, if there are any, mm-hmm. um, and just in general, the whole world of dieting, what are your, what are you, what is your opinion on all of that? So dieting, look, everyone follows a diet. So it's kind of, and even when I'm in practice as well, when I talk to my clients, I'm like, so this diet we're going to follow, I kind of try to normalize the word diet for people so they don't feel like they're on a diet. Um, I'm not a big fan of dieting and I've always, I love to sort of pull it back to just, again, the intuitive, intuitive eating. Don't, if, when we get caught up in dieting and looking at calories, etc., I think that can be really confusing and that causes a lot of stress on people as well. So again, I try not to emphasize on that. And I find with better results when they're just enjoying real food rather than watching every single thing that they eat. Um, granted, I think there's definitely a place for, um, you know, watching the amount that you're eating, your serving sizes, you know, making sure, you know, you don't go over the top with your carbohydrates, you know, compared to your protein and your vegetables. So I feel it's just understanding what you're eating rather than counting and watching, watching what you're eating, if that makes any sense when it comes to dieting and just eat real food, honestly, enjoying real fruits, vegetables, meat, um, meat, if you want to eat meat, fish, legumes just in their natural forms um so that's dieting uh what was the question it was said something else cleansing cleansing important to cleanse cleansing again i'm a big fan of because um you might be aware you might have heard of it before but um when you're cleansing you're almost fasting as well so essentially you're giving your whole digestive system a break so constantly every single time you put some food into your body your body is needing to work hard to break it down 
So by giving it a rest, we have these little um, cells called, they're called phagocytes. So they're like little Pac-Men. So when your body's not constantly digesting and producing more cells, these ones actually take over and just start cleaning up all the, the debris in the body, the inflammation in the body, um, the toxins, all those processes like your liver detoxification, your digestive system, your liver functions, but your digestive system rests. So the short of it is you need, you're giving your body time to rest and actually clean up what's, what's you've been putting in there for years and years and years essentially. So mm-hmm. um, cleansing is good. I I mean, I've, I've done juice cleanses and I've suggested to clients to do it. But when it comes to uh, the, the cleanses where people go days and days and days without food and they just water, um, I mean, there's research behind it. However, I'm just a fan of just letting your body rest and sort of doing that sort of 16, 18, uh, 16, eight hour feasting, rest because all Mm -hmm. the evidence that I've read leads to the fact that you only need those 16 hours really for your body to start cleaning up and rejuvenate essentially. So no need to just drink water for 10 days. Do you know what? I've, but then I see, I've actually, people in my industry have done it and they feel amazing from it. So, you know, again, everybody's different if that works for them. You know, um, I like to give my body a rest and do fasting. However, I feel better when I'm actually eating smaller meals more regularly during the day Mm. rather than going long time fasting, if that makes any sense. So again, everyone's different. But at the end of the day, fasting and cleansing gives your body time to relax, rejuvenate, and it's anti-aging. So there is a It's anti-aging. Okay. Yes. And when I say anti-aging, it's not just anti-aging. It is like for all your organs as well. So you're giving your liver cells time to rejuvenate and then that helps with detoxification in your body. You're giving every organ and tissue time to rejuvenate and clean up all the inflammation in your body. So that's going to have a knock-on effect on the way you look. So it is a fantastic tool. Yeah, to have a clearer skin, more more Mm -hmm. glowy and vibrant skin. Yeah, that's awesome. I think I need to incorporate more of that into my life, more more cleanses for sure. Yeah. What's your What are your thoughts on celery juice? I I look. I mean, I'm a fan because I feel like celery is great because it's very hydrating and it's high in minerals. So great, amazing. Um, I think incorporating into your day, yes. I don't, are you talking about more about the fad, how we do celery juice every single day and, you know, the medical medium side of things? I guess, so I did, just because I heard about it without mm-hmm. any really, you know, research behind it from my mm-hmm. personal, you know, point of view, but I heard about, you know, if you drink a cup of celery juice in the morning or a glass mm-hmm. of celery juice in the morning for like 10 days, it'll clear up your skin. And my husband and I tried it, I think about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And actually had a really good effect. We just did it in the morning, like first thing. And then we would just eat normally for the rest mm-hmm. of the day. Um, seemed to work. We don't do it as much anymore just because it requires sure. a lot of work. And if we're not in Canada, <laughs> we don't have our juicer. Exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I also have heard, now that you asked me, like, which which one did I mean? Um, I have heard, and I don't know if it's true, but I've heard that if you do celery juice cleanse for like three or four days... Mm-hmm. that I think I heard that in the movie, so it could be total BS, but I'm curious <laughs> if it's yep. true or not now. 
that if you do a celery juice cleanse for like three or four days, by the end of it, you like projectile vomit. Is that, is that, does that happen? Or is that just a Gosh, movie no. Hollywood thing? <laughs> Even my reaction then definitely haven't heard about that. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's just a movie then. I think so. I don't know what movie you're watching. Uh, however, no, I don't. I don't believe that. And even down to having celery juice in the morning, you know, it's that's you're having greens in the morning. You're alkalining, you're alkalizing your whole system, which then prepares it to digest for the whole day. So it could be celery, it could be you know a green juice, it could be green powder, it could be anything, even lemon in water. I feel as a nutritionist, it's still going to have the same effect as having specifically celery juice. So, oh, interesting. Well, okay. Yeah. So I know obviously celery juice has its like specific minerals and values. However, you know, even just having lemon water, you're still getting your body ready and prepped for the day. So you don't have to obviously celery making celery juice is such a nightmare as well. So I was a fan of buying it from a cold pressed um, juicery because it gets stuck in the juicer, especially if you're cold pressing at home. So <laughs> yeah, it takes, and they say it's supposed to be fresh. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we were lucky that we had the time in the morning to juice it every morning, but by the end of like two weeks, I was like, okay, maybe let's yeah. take a break, you know? Absolutely. So yeah, try a greens powder. Like I, I do that. I quite like it. And some mornings if I'm running late, I'll just have some warm lemon water and I feel good. So yeah, there okay. are options. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I do lemon water now too. And then chlorophyll too, I started doing. Yeah, good. Good, good. Yeah. Is chlorophyll, you know how it was like all over TikTok and like Instagram for a while there, everybody was drinking mm-hmm. chlorophyll. It's almost like an aesthetically pleasing thing to pour it in your like yeah. glass in the morning. And, you know, um, my husband and I, he calls it like the hot girl drink sometimes. Really? Like girl. Got yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's all sad. Yeah, Yeah. it's a trend and it's a fad, and and everyone follows it. Like necessarily, they don't. They aren't always bad. They aren't always good. But at the end of the day, like at least we're we're now the trends and the fads are going towards health and you know bettering yourself, which is good. I feel like sometimes if you you know don't take everything for gospel. That's the other thing when you are. Mm following you know specific people but take what you can like even listening to this podcast take what you want from this and adapt it and implement it into your life I think that's the that's the key and everybody is different so yeah but no I do know what you're talking about (laughs) I never got on that bandwagon though (laughs) you resisted resisted the fashion trend of it (laughs) good for you (laughs) I definitely fell into it what about um so in terms of just to go back for a second, vegetarianism and, and, and mm-hmm. eating meat, would you say then in your, in your view that a vegetarian diet can be healthy for, for somebody? I, I definitely think it, it has its place for a particular person. However, you just need to make sure that you stay on top of getting enough of all the right nutrients that's that's the key and listen to your body and you know if you are someone like yourself where you got really you were really low in bees etc then something needs to change because you don't want to be supplementing um just because you're missing out on a certain food group that contains what your body is needing so um yeah i definitely think there is a place but i think people just need to listen to their body and get advice like speak to like you went to a naturopath you know, speak to a nutritionist, understand what you're getting from food 
um, is really important. So, yeah, the, the long of that is, yeah, I definitely think there's a place, but you just need to make sure you're listening to how you're feeling. Yeah. My naturopath actually eventually said, I think you should go back to eating meat because it's mm-hmm. not working for you. Absolutely. She's like, there's only so many injections you should, you can get. And why would you continue to get them? Which is a really awesome exactly. thing for her to do. Cause it's, you know, she's the one who administers those injections. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, absolutely. It very cool. And the other thing we're almost at our time here. I feel like, I feel like nutrition is just, it's endless. Right. I was going to say, we could talk forever about it and I could talk forever about it. So don't get me started. (laughs) What are your thoughts? I'm just curious. I thought about, you know, a morning routine. What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on coffee and Mm -hmm. drinking it first thing in the morning? Coffee is such a hot topic, especially being from Melbourne, because coffee is everything. We've got beautiful coffee in Melbourne. Um, I love it. Coffee is fantastic. I think one a day is good. It just depends. There's so many things to think about. So first thing when coffee in the morning, I know it's the first thing that people do reach for. The optimal time to have coffee is from nine to 11. So when you are sleeping, um, obviously cortisol, which is your stress hormone, um, some cortisol is good. It basically wakes up your body. But when people have too much stress, there's too much cortisol. That leads to another whole story. However, cortisol naturally starts peaking at about 4 or 5 a.m. And as that starts peaking, it starts naturally waking up your body. About 9 a.m. in the morning, this is, you know, a, a person who's living an average life, waking up in the morning, normal time, mm-hmm. 5, 6, 7, going to bed, 10 o'clock, essentially. So, um, yeah, your cortisol starts to drop about 9 to 11 a.m. And when you have that slump, you know, a, a caffeine pick-me-up is, could be needed and that's a good time to have it. Um, so I would say if you just pick the right times and actually let your body naturally wake yourself up, try and ride off that high of that cortisol in the morning and then just have the caffeine when, when you feel like you need that pick-me-up try Mm. it and just try it. So I'm definitely a fan of that. And then also too, when you're having your coffee, think about how you're having your coffee. So I'm a big fan of black because I do love the taste of coffee. Um, I love a black coffee. However, I make sure that I try and have something in my stomach beforehand because if you don't, if it hits the system and you don't have anything in your stomach, it really spikes. Um, your blood sugar levels, your cortisol, and you get and you get shaky. So if you've got some food in your stomach, it actually slows the digestion of it and the the way that the coffee or the caffeine hits your system. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. So if you are having a black, also to um, what are you adding? What types of milk? If you're adding sugars in there as well, because people do these are all the common. This is the we're having a healthy coffee, but you're also having a nut milk that might be high in sugar that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to be great. It's going to be, again, not not high in calories, but it's more like it's it's, it's refined sugars that you're having that you're not even knowing. So just think about how you're having your coffee. And black's a really great way to have it, to be honest. And if you actually genuinely like coffee, um, it's a very good option. So, yeah, so I hope that kind of debunks a little bit. And having too many will spike your cortisol. We'll get too much cortisol, stress. And that has a whole host of negative effects on your body. But having one when you, your body is naturally slumping, I think it's great. I Definitely. almost feel anxious if I have too much. Like if I have more than one cup, 
I feel anxiety and I'm not an anxious person. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's got that effect by pumping up your cortisol, your stress hormone, then it's having an effect on your adrenals and it's, it's giving you that energy that's unneeded um, and not needed really. So it's putting your body into fight or flight and it really stimulates that. So, and coffee's great, even for weight loss, you know, if people are on that sort of journey, people say, you know, stay away from caffeine, et cetera. Sometimes it is good. It does kind of fill you up as well if you're feel not that you're uh, trying to avoid food, but say you're, you know, you're someone who eats quite a lot and you're trying to pull back a little bit, like coffee, it's a good little stabilizer, I think, but just have it in the I morning. love coffee. Yeah, mm. I love coffee. And I'm, a big fan. I, I'm kind of lucky because I can't have it in the afternoon. I can only have it in the morning, like right yeah right around after i wake up okay that's okay that's yeah it. so try, it's good to hear that it's not tip. that yeah, yeah try my tip though and try and have it like granted i'm the same the first thing i smell in the morning is coffee and it's oh, it's divine however if you just try and have it like i try and sit down at my laptop at my work time which is about 8 30 and that's when i have my my coffee because that's when i'm like i can enjoy it one i enjoy mm. it and two, I actually get the effect i need because straight away i start feeling got this for the day you know so that's that's my homework for you christina see if you can try it once it gets to about nine o'clock ish when you start feeling you need the energy yeah yeah i'll do that now because i well i'll try my best to do it because yeah. it's you know, like a habit you know you wake it up and you're like, hey, it's almost like what gets you out of bed sometimes well replace we'll um, something else as well do you know what i mean i i'm, I'm not a big fan of trying decaf because i don't really love the taste but replace it maybe with you know, having a, a greens powder first thing in the morning. I know it's not the same, but try that. Yeah. I heard sometimes, or I heard once um, someone saying that decaf, drinking decaf is like, you know, going to McDonald's and getting a, a healthy wrap or something, you know? Yeah. I had to do that analogy because, you know, we're talking about healthy foods, which yeah. I personally hate McDonald's, but, you know, it's kind of an interesting analogy. It's like, if you're drinking coffee, it's got to be coffee. God, yeah. And even with McDonald's, I can't even remember the last time I even went into a McDonald's. It's crazy. And do you know what? Yeah. We're so lucky even in Australia. And this is the thing. We've got no choice. I'm like, we, sorry, there is no um, reason that you can't eat healthy. Like there is actually mm. no reason. We have so many fast food, healthy options these days. Like there's no, no, um, no reason to not. So Anyway, that's, that's awesome. Another side. That's a whole other side subject. <laughs> well, it's almost like, you know, you were saying the, the fashion trends are picking up to be more towards mm-hmm. um, health. And that's mm-hmm. probably how it manifested into existence. Absolutely. In Sydney, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like, you know, look at LA, same thing, right? Everything has mm-hmm. to be... I made a skit about that once, you know, the, 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 the health nuts of, of North America and the Western world, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a good thing. Jacinta, just something to, to end this with, cause I'm curious, do you have yourself like a, like a guilty pleasure? I don't want to call it guilt, but like something that you just, you love to indulge in that is maybe mm-hmm. not a hundred percent what you should be indulging in, so to speak. Absolutely. And everyone who knows me very well will know exactly what my, healthy indulgences are. However, do you know what? This is the funny thing though, Christine, I'll tell you when you change your lifestyle as well, like what my guilty pleasures are are very different to what other people's are. Um, and sometimes, you know, me eating like spooning peanut butter out of the jar, I'm like, Oh, this is so naughty, but realistically in the scheme of things, it's not that bad. So once you start changing your habits as well, you'll find that your guilty pleasures are actually not that bad. 
However, I'm a very big fan of corn chips. <laughs> and you being in, interesting. Yes. And you being in Mexico, I'm so jealous. Like good corn chips. I don't know what it is, but corn chips are fantastic. It's like my guilty pleasure when I come home and I'm making dinner, I'll snack on a few of those. And that's really not so bad. Corn chips are really not so bad, right? No, that and hot chips. That's my other secret one. <laughs> what do you, in awesome. America, Canada, you call them fries, but they are one of those ones that it's kind of like, let's uh, eat really healthy the majority of the time. If I have some chips, it's fine. It's good. Oh, Enjoy. hot. You guys call fries hot chips? I thought you were yeah. talking about like spicy chips. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about fries. <laughs> oh, you Aussies. That's hilarious. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, hot, hot chips. chips. Oh, what do I call them? Yeah, hot chips or fries, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's awesome. Yours, Christina, can I ask yours? Wine. Okay, yeah. I will I will you? sacrifice like so many things. Like I have this this um it's not very strict rule, but I'm like mm-hmm. if I'm having wine, which I have a glass or two. Mm-hmm. Very frequently, usually yeah. dry red wine, so the kind of like okay. the least amount of sugars. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm like, okay, I will not have anything sweet today whatsoever, mm-hmm. but I will have wine. Like I'll, I'll sacrifice other stuff just so that, because I love the taste of, there's nothing better for me than a glass of dry red mm-hmm. wine in the evening. Well, I think you've uh, met your match there because that was my other one. I was going to say it, but now you've said it. I'm glad you said it. And do you know what? I think at the end of the day, like if you enjoy something, don't omit it from your life. And I think this is where people do go wrong and they they spiral out of control when it comes to dieting and, you know, eating healthy. Like if you enjoy that that wine, like you said, you know, it is high in sugars. Choose an organic one. It's lower in sulfates. You know, it's it's a little bit better on the body. Um, But, yeah, just eliminate one part of that day that, you you know, you probably would indulge somewhere else and just enjoy it. And, look, red wine's high in antioxidants. (laughs) <laughs> if you say it i'm gonna go for myself a glass of wine now that's it <laughs> no but it's i can't do that in the morning <laughs> i won't judge you it's happy hour here so <laughs> somewhere in the world yes i know exactly that is very true. but no i think if yeah if you enjoy it enjoy it and that's and yeah. don't try not to feel guilty when you do it i think that's the one thing we do beat ourselves up sometimes We're like oh it's a guilty pleasure no enjoy it honestly you're doing well with everything else yeah. And it's almost like, you know, when you do that to yourself, like when you feel super guilty or you beat yourself up, my light just went off, but, um, it's, it's almost like I have a belief that it will affect you even worse. You know, mm-hmm. if you really believe that it's really, it's going to affect you in a really bad way, it, I agree. you know, you will sub- subconsciously program yourself that it's going to affect you in a really bad way. If you don't overdo it. Yeah. And, and indulge. That's it. Don't overdo it. I think that's, that's when we, when we take it to the next level and we overdo it, that's when, yeah, you're not going to feel great the next day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Enjoy. Well, Jacinta, thank you so much. I appreciate your my time. Uh, how can people find you online? So my Instagram is plantrition by Jacinta. So I, and as we've just mentioned, I'm going to start building up all my recipes again. I love to give little tips. I like the coffee tips. So if you have a look on my feed and stories, um, you can see what I'm doing daily and the information that I give out as well. So yeah, plant nutrition by Jacinta. Awesome. Thank you so much. Beautiful. For your time Thank today. you for your time. This is great. <laughs>